This is CT Startup, your source for information on entrepreneurs, investors, and resources in the Connecticut startup ecosystem. From university campuses to industrial labs, from Stanford to Hartford, and from Danbury to Norwich, if it's happening out there in Connecticut, you'll find it in here. Let's introduce the hosts of CT Startup. The entrepreneur, Eric Francis, co-owner of Trifecta Ecosystem. The executive, Andrew Stahl, former private equity fund partner and Fortune 100 chief marketing officer. The lawyer, Dave Menard, partner at the law firm of Mirtha Kalina, an entrepreneur and technology attorney. And finally, our producer, Chris DeMauro, owner of Sublime Exposure Online. Now it's time to enter into a world of innovation, a world of human struggles, heartbreak, and achievement. And most of all, a world of wonder. Welcome to CT Start. Welcome to CT Startup, an inside perspective on the startup ecosystem in the great state of Connecticut. My name is Dave Bernard from Martha Kalina, and with me today are Eric Francis from Trifecta Ecosystems, Chris DeMauro from Sublime Exposure Online. And I have to make a new introduction to our newest co host. Uh, we want to welcome today Andrea Stahl. Andrea, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And do you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Uh, you'll find out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> okay, a little bit of mystery there. Mystery guest. Okay, so Andrew, Andrew is going to be uh, a new regular uh, co-host on the podcast, and we're really appreciative of having her along. Uh, she has fantastic business experience, which apparently everybody's going to find out, um, and, uh, and no doubt a uh, sharp wit. Which everybody will find out as well. <laughs> Hopefully. Okay. Thank you very much. I'm excited. If you're not careful, she'll cut you. <laughs> <laughs> that too. I'm excited to be here. And today is the last of our series on the Innovation Quest program at the University of Connecticut. Uh, we've talked about it extensively on the podcast, and the last uh, eight podcasts or so have uh, featured IQ companies. And today we have the head of the program, uh, Richard Dino, uh, professor at UConn. Rich, welcome to the uh, podcast. Thank you, Dave. So, uh, having been part of the IQ Mentor Program for a few years now, uh, I've listened to many of Rich's presentations. I've listened to him educate uh, students and recent graduate students on uh, how to build businesses and how to present their businesses. And, and you're still around, right? And, and uh, well, I'm still around. The funny thing is, is every year you have, you know, you wind up correcting people. You know, no ums, no ahs, no sos, uh, everything that would make up a pause. And I continually violate that in every aspect of my life, and I bring it to this podcast, and I just feel like I need to bring it up front so you don't judge me too much. I won't judge you if you won't judge my podcast, because <laughs> I'll probably have some ums in it as well. <laughs> so, so, Rich, why don't you tell us a little bit how IQ got started? Well, it goes back, this was our sixth year, so it goes back six years when one of our alums, Keith Fox, uh, was serving on the board of... Uh, the president's board at Cal Poly uh, in San Luis Obispo, and uh, came across a program called Innovation Quest. Turns out that the person who was behind Innovation Quest and, and basically the person who developed it at Cal Poly was a former colleague of, of Keith's when Keith worked at Cisco. They were both executives at Cisco. And um, he thought that it was so successful at Cal Poly, which was a small engineering school, that if you took a program like this and brought it to a research institution like UConn uh, with a breadth and depth of research going on in all different kinds of disciplines, that uh, it would be 
not just good for the university, but good for all the students, giving them an alternative career path, um, as well as um, being able to uh, commercialize technology. No, that's that's fantastic. And, and so you've been running it six years now, uh, and I've been involved for at least five of those six. That's, that's really how time flies. And so how many companies have you, have you had created and go through? Well, each year uh, there's typically five to six companies uh, that, that are actually developed as a result of, you know, the, at, by the end of the program. But we've had, um, over the course of those six years, we've had almost a thousand teams, a thousand, I'm uh, sorry, almost a thousand students uh, with about 350 teams wow. uh, from across the university, basically from all the 11 schools and colleges in uh, something like 60 different disciplines. And it's not easy to get into IQ. Uh, this is a process, it's a many month process. It is a many month process. It starts early in the fall, in the spring semester. Of course, we, we send out some notifications in the fall semester just to get the kids worked up over it. But uh, it starts early in the spring semester and ends in the mid part of June. Yeah, and when you say spring semester, he means February. Like actually January. January. Yeah. I just remember it's very cold out in the beginning of this process. <laughs> you live in New England. Stop it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, just just uh, something very interesting that all the uh, the IQ uh, entrants there were talking about was how many of them waited till the very last minute to actually sign up. Um, we heard that I think from just about all yeah. of them, right? Everybody that, in the last two hours, like the last, the last two, two hours, hours entered into the yeah. It, it gets a you know you you, you better <laughs> have your your IT working right. Um, there's two uh, levels of, of application, if you will. There's the first part where uh, we have a early series of workshops that basically try to get all the kids that come uh, on the same level, um, while a number of the student teams will come from the business school. Most will come from outside of the business school. So the notion of a business model or a market or a customer or a competitor um, definitionally makes sense, but they really don't know how to identify uh, uh, those particular uh, uh, categories uh, for, their, for their idea slash business. So we have a series of workshops up front uh, that, that are, are pretty much getting them all on the same page. So a kid from music will hear the same thing that a kid from engineering uh, hears, uh, as well as a kid from the school of business. Now, is that kind of the intent, is that to get kids that are outside of business? Because, I mean, that's like, again, a lot of engineers, scientists may have these ideas but don't actually know how to commercialize so, so, it or so forth. So that's a great question. Uh, let, me ask, let me ask you okay. a question back. Where do ideas come from? They come from anywhere. Yeah, they, come from, they come from <laughs> Is anywhere. Is that a trick question? Did I, did I get no, it right? No, exactly. You got it right. <laughs> Fail. They, they come from anywhere, uh, and, and they come from uh, everywhere, mm -hmm. and they come uh, uh, at any time. This is, my, my, this is my ratatouille uh, example. Oh, yeah, ratatouille, yeah. yeah. So, so the Disney Pixar film with the rat, there was a, the phrase in it from a famous chef that says, anybody can cook. And they realize, one of the, uh, a food critic at the end of the film realizes that the, he always criticized the phrase, and he realized the phrase did not mean that anybody can actually, can actually cook well. It just meant that a great cook can come from anywhere. Well, sure. And, and ideas can come from anywhere. It doesn't necessarily mean that the ideas can actually uh, solve a, a problem or can be monetized uh, or turned into a business. But um, our general approach to things is that there is no bad idea. Because whatever the idea is, it can be developed, it can be enhanced, it can be changed, uh, and ultimately become something <laughs> of, uh, of import uh, to the market. 
And so this year you started off with, is it 83 teams? Uh, 81. 81. Is it, so I'll take 83. But well, was, you had 81. It was a record year, I might add. 81 teams applying. Um, those get narrowed down to 20 for a pitch day where effectively those 20 teams get to go up in front of a uh, group of judges and, and pitch their idea. That's right. And then from there it's narrowed down to about 9 to 10 teams on average. That's right. And then who uh, the top three of which receive uh, some some level of monetary compensation, and then every, all the top ten get uh, invited to the actual incubator. Yeah, and that's the priceless uh, prize of of, of the uh, of the competition <coughs> of the program. There's basically two components. There's the innovation component, where you take the 81 teams and uh, we run them through a, a rubric where our mentors, evaluators, our experts. Uh, they're former entrepreneurs. They're attorneys who deal with entrepreneurs. They, they, they cover the gambit. Uh, many of them have started and, and monetized uh, companies uh, and sold their companies uh, over the years. So it's a very, um, a very learned judging process. Uh, we, we narrow that down, as you said, to the, uh, the top uh, 20, and they present again to the judges. And this is an opportunity for uh, uh, up-close and personal interaction, a lot of Q&A. Uh, and then those are, you know, those are narrowed into the incubator. It is the incubator where, uh, you know, the pedal hits the metal, where, where we roll up our sleeves. And uh, it's, uh, you can call it a, a boot camp, but it's not a typical Marine boot camp. Uh, it's, it's more like a Navy SEAL boot camp. Um, we do not expect everyone. Hey, I said an um, by the way. Did you hear it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was going to hold it until later. First, to, was to that the first one? I, 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 I actually, I, I'm just glad that I have it recorded <laughs> and can bring it back up from so, now on. So I'll pay you guys if you edit <laughs> yeah. it out. Yeah. Nope, nope. <laughs> yeah. no, we're going to keep it in More there. money, right? Yeah. Um, there it is again. <laughs> the, uh, the idea is that we do not expect all the 10 teams to make it through the summer. There are a number of reasons for that. A few of them find out that it's way harder uh, to get from here to there than they thought. And it is not a career path that they finally decide they want to take. Uh, a few of them find out that what it is uh, can't be developed into something uh, of, uh, of value. And um, various other reasons why. But our history is, is that typically two teams, we lose typically two teams out of the 10, so mm -hmm. 20, 25% of the teams will not make it out of the incubator. Now, is that something that you, with the mentors, right? So the mentors and in, in other accelerators and, and, and so forth, sometimes they, how do I say, not like coddle the, coddle, coddle the entrepreneurs and kind of, you know, kind of don't, aren't as hard as on them. Oh. I mean, do you, do you ask <laughs> your mentors to be a certain harsh, like, you know, a certain we, type of harsh to, to you know? Does reality kind of a thing, or what? We don't ask them to be anything but real. Okay. And we have two mentors at the table here, Andrea and, and David. <laughs> I suspect that from a mentor's perspective, and of course I have a view of the mentors, I love them all, but they might have a, uh, a particular perspective. Andrea, this was your first year. Yes. So you might have uh, a, a different view than David has after being there five years. So I'd be interested to hear your reaction. Well, I, and... And thanks. First of all, I want to say that I think Rich is being incredibly modest. Um, <laughs> he is, you know, the host, the MC, the the giver of momentum uh, for um, for IQ. 
And before we get any further, I wanted to comment that, that what I think in my limited, albeit limited experience, but I've seen a few incubators at work here, you know, in the trenches as a mentor, um, and can say that to me what's unique about IQ in Connecticut is that it's a wonderful hybrid of teaching and doing to the, at every level. So from, 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 an, from an episode to episode where the students meet once a week in an all-day session, um, Rich creates a lecture-style format that the students are familiar and comfortable with. So they can learn in a one-to-many setting, which is unique among incubators. Um, it's a Socratic lecture-style format where the mentors present a distilled sense of what they want to communicate to these particular startups, but using a general case. So it's a series of very well-defined lectures. Richard then wraps that up every time with very targeted messages to each of the, each of the teams and gets to know each team very intimately so he understands what they're thinking maybe better than they do and anticipates their questions. Then he gives them assignments for the next week. So, uh, you know, these, these teams are only going to uh, discontinue the accelerator if they stumble on a, a rock they can't move. Their idea, you know, isn't innovative. It's, it's too, uh, it's not proprietary enough. It's not scalable. It's not operable. And those are the right things to find. They aren't going to drop out because they're not supported or they weren't vetted or they don't know what to do next. And that is invaluable because those three things I just mentioned are the reasons I think most teams drop out of incubators in general. The lack of structure hurts people who haven't created a business before, and Richard takes that risk away. So it's really, it's an amazing program. So, so it's also like the accountability kind of a thing? Like, you're, like you, do, I mean, I assume accountability, you hold these, these uh, startups accountable for every week they're coming back to give the homework, they're, they're meeting with you. I mean, that's the one thing we, we, uh, we heard when we interviewed them is like, I don't care if you worked all day, like you're at 10 o'clock, like we'll have the, the meeting with uh, 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 Fox, you know? Uh, so, so it's like, that's the thing is like, doesn't matter. We will find that you have to find the time to make this work. Right? Yeah, you know, you'll see, the, you'll see the teams or members of the teams on a Friday afternoon and they'll stop by the office. You know, it's, it's a non-incubator day. They'll stop by the office and say something. We'll have an interaction. Or they'll, uh, they'll go online and, uh, and, and be uh, mentored by, by Andrea or by Keith Fox himself or, or any other uh, uh, member of the mentoring team. And, and they learn very quickly that there's still two more work days in the week. <laughs> you know? yes. Still Saturday, still yeah. Sunday. And, and uh, you, have, you have 48 hours still to get done what you need to get done. Mm -hmm. And if you're not spending that time doing it, then you really have to question whether you want to move forward or not. So let me add in a, a couple of things. Uh, something that's may, maybe different than some other incubators and talk a little bit about the mentors too. Uh, I mean, the, the incubator day, the, the, the classes and the interaction and listening to their pitches and giving comments and such, that is really, it's a very important but also a small part of the actual incubator. It is really, I mean, so much happens outside of that day. All of the meetings, all of the follow-ups, all of the taking time to meet with the various teams and them meeting with the various mentors they need their expertise from and to, and to get 
uh, other opinions and ideas, and then to run everything by uh, Keith and Rich. I there was one team this year um, that had told me. I said, "How oh, how you feeling this morning?" It was a day of an incubator, and she was getting ready to prepare, get her pitch going. She was well. Keith Keith kept me on on uh, was it on you know Google last night or Snapchat? Or, Snapchat. Yeah. Snapchat. Sorry. <laughs> Wow, my, my Dave, age is showing. Clearly, Dave uses Snapchat <laughs> yeah, a lot. Yeah, but but he came on Google last night for, you mean for Skype. <laughs> Skype. There it is. There you Skype. go. Skype. You're, ru you're running out of uh, a communications platform. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're old. Did, yes, there's a reason why I'm a lawyer, and not like a, a tech person, right? So, uh, um, so anyways, but yeah, kept, you know, he kept me on Skype for four hours last night, and that's not uncommon. I mean, no. th this guy. Yeah. Get put in four hours for just one of the ten teams, and that's not the only team he talked to that day. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's incredible. And, and what I like about the mentors is there are a wide variety of personality types. Uh, I always joke with Andrew because Andrew is, uh, you know, sort of the the realist, pragmatist, uh, hard nosed <laughs> business world. Yeah, and, and, and and they don't <laughs> and they don't uh, and, and and mentors don't hold back if they don't think an idea is good. They you know oh, they say so. Not at all. Um, <laughs> and 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 I as the as the lawyer who you think would be you know a complete jerk. Um, only your jokes tend to be only t <laughs> and my lawyer jokes. Uh, but but they don't like. But you know I tend to be a little bit more of a. A little bit more of the entrepreneur dreamer, a right? softy, a softy. <laughs> um, though, though I give my fair share of comments where I, where I just don't think things are are happening. Um, but it's a uh, it's a good mix. It's a well mix. And the, and what's great about it, it's sort of unique among incubators, especially if you look at West Coast incubators and such. It, there's nobody's you know Keith Fox, who who's the primary sponsor, is putting in his own money to help this move, right? Uh, he's not taking any ownership in any of these companies. There's no percentages being uh, being taken. There's uh, there's no convertible notes. There's no nothing. Every mentor and the people who who run it, like Rich and Keith, are there completely to support the companies. And they make a point of saying Rich and Keith will never invest in one of these companies. And they do that so they can maintain their independence and to give them an honest and always be an honest person. And they're there. You're still working with companies that have been there from the very first year. That's right. And uh, that's that's incredible. It's a very, um, uh, I, I, I sort of think it's a very familial environment. It, it is. It is. We call it the IQ family. <clears throat> um, it is. It is a family of trust. And we do say that all the time to, to the students that Keith and I will never invest in your company. And they look at us when we first say that as, well, you don't think we have a good idea? No, we think you have a great idea and we're gonna do everything we can to help you move it forward. And the one thing that you can always count on is that the advice that we will give you will be as objective advice as we possibly can because having not invested in you, we will never be biased toward the investment. And early on, many of the angel investors that were coming down the road, you know, at, at various parts in the development of the company, the company would actually get to the point of talking to angel investors. And the angel investor would say to the, 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 the company, the team, you know, if you're so good, how come Fox and Dino aren't investing in you? And they give them that answer, and, and they get it. You know, the, 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 in, the investors get it. They understand that. That's part of the academic side of the, of the program, you know, the pure side of the program. 
I must say that I think it was Andrea that was talking earlier about the smoothness of the program. That comes on a couple of counts. Um, the first count is the quality of the mentors. We vet the mentors. It's not just somebody who says, I want to participate in IQ and be a mentor. We have a long conversation with anybody who's interested in it. We tell them the culture of the program. <coughs> Excuse me. We tell them the purpose of the program. Uh, we tell them the objectives of the program. Um, and we tell them the rules of engagement. And they either buy into that or they don't. Um, if they buy into that, we start out by checking it out. And they come in and they mentor a bit. And we monitor their activity. Um, more often than not, most often than not, uh, a mentor works out and works out well. So we have a, a group of 40 different mentors from all different kinds of disciplines. So it is the backbone of the mentors that the program is built on. Our ability to give great advice is directly related to the quality of these folks who want to come back and, and give of their time uh, and their expertise. It is directly related to a concept that they typically reflect on saying, I didn't have this when I was in school and I wish I did, so I'm willing to do this to help out. And, and that's, that's one. The second one is, is as I said earlier, that <clears throat> this program was built out at Cal Poly. So the operating systems, um, the processes, uh, the systems that have been put in place have been running for 12, 13, 14, 15 years at Cal Poly. And Carson Chen, who was the founder of IQ at Cal Poly, is just so forthcoming and so, so engaging and want, wants to see the next generation of leadership take control that he'll, he does whatever he can to help us out. So any mistakes that they've made in the past, we have not made. And we feed back to them. When we make an innovation into the program, we feed back and tell them what it is. So it's a family of not just UConn IQ, but it's a family of IQ that exists now between Cal Poly and UConn. And there are a couple of new schools uh, that might be coming up this year uh, with, with programs, oh, really? with Innovation <coughs> Quest programs. So are the mentors, do the mentors have the same roles where they can invest? The mentors um, will build a relationship over time with the student. And that relationship can change, and we are okay with that relationship changing. It typically doesn't start out by saying, well, look, you know, I've been giving you 20 hours of mentoring now. If you want anything more from me, um, I need 5% <laughs> of your company. Bye-bye mentor. Right? The, well, yeah. the mentor's gone. <laughs> That's not the way it works. But over time, <clears throat> when, a, when a team gets comfortable with a mentor, when they find that the mentor's background uh, fits well with the direction they're taking and the needs that they have uh, for advice, mentors could invest mm -hmm. in the program. But then that relationship changes. Where they're not the mentor anymore, they're the, the investor. They're the investor and maybe a member of the board. Mm -hmm. and, and what an important distinction to make, by the way. It, it's, it's a distinction that, that a lot of young companies have trouble, they miss, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not uncommon. I, I always you know, think of this, of course, from the law firm perspective, but there are plenty of firms that will say, oh, yeah, if you come on board, some law firms either take a percentage, ownership percentage in a company, which, which I think is kind of horrific. Others will say, oh, yeah, we'll introduce you to these VC law firms who the, who the firm also represents. Yeah. 
you know? So, <laughs> so they get the money. And, 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 well, they get the transa- they get the money out of the transaction. Yeah. And maybe these clients don't even need a VC transaction. Mm-hmm. In fact, most of them probably shouldn't have a VC transaction, or at least not in the near-term future. So, um, you know, it, it really, having that mentor relationship where there's, there's just no monetary component mm-hmm. and, and that it's all coming from the right place is invaluable to these companies because they know that, the moment they leave the incubator, they're out in the, they're out in the world of sharks. They, they're out yeah. in the world, world in the wild. wild. Yeah, in the world of Daves. And, and, and that's right. There's <laughs> lots of Daves and Andreas floating on and out out there um, who could take advantage of them. And they always have this group of people they can go back to and say, is this a good idea? Is this a good offer? And and it's their decision. We can offer our opinion. But at least they have a, a, you know, a solid group of people to return that, to. That's a great point, Dave. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's a great point that you're making. And that is we can – we can lead them to water, but it's their decision to drink it or not. So we'll give them the best advice, mentoring that mm-hmm. we can, and it's their decision. I, I reflect on uh, on one company that um, had an investor interested in uh, investing in the company and uh, offered a term sheet uh, to the company for over a million dollars and uh, wanted a, a majority stake in the company. Uh, so the uh, the CEO of that newly formed company talked to Keith and I, and uh, we just asked a lot of questions. You know, how much money do you need now? What form do you think it needs to be in? Um, do you need a million dollars at this point in time? Do you want to give up majority control of your company? And and of course, it sounds simple now with four or five questions, <laughs> but these were hours and hours and hours of conversations. And after Long reflection, the CEO, who was in his early 20s, by the way, the, the CEO decided not to take the million dollars. Um, by the way, that company is extremely successful now in placing product all across the country. So good move. <laughs> well, you know, not every move is a good one, right? But right. This, this one worked out, and of course, I'm going to tell you all the ones it did. Uh, but I'd be, <laughs> I'd, I'd be happy to, to explain some of them that didn't. But, well, uh, but all, all said... One of the things, I, I, I just want to rewind the tape a little bit, kind of uh, sure. fi- figuratively. The logical question uh, could be, how is it that you could possibly teach these teams that are multidisciplinary teams from all over the place, uh, when I say all over the place, all the different schools and colleges of the university, how is it that you're going to be able to teach them everything they need to know in six Wednesday sessions and all the weeks in between of hard work? And the answer is, you can't. But what you can do is you could make them aware of the critical issues in each domain, the critical issues in the, in, in the law, you know, in the domain of the law, the critical issues in, 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 in financing, the critical issues in uh, prototype building, the critical issues, you know, and you go down the list of all these things that we cover in the, mm-hmm. in the summer incubator, and you make them aware that there will be issues that you will face down the road, may not be today, some of it's today, but some of it will be down the road, that you're going to need advice in, or, or at least seek advice in. And what we do is we're kind of like create um, a smoke alarm. You know, so the question is the smoke. Uh, the question that they have to address is the smoke. The alarm goes off, and in their minds they go, I need to talk to somebody about this. So they don't end up getting themselves in trouble making decisions that are uninformed. And all we ask them to do is, if you're not informed about a particular subject, 
and you need that expertise as you're making your decision, get the answer or get guidance before you make a decision that you might not be able to reverse. Um, so while we're on the topic of you know investment and all that stuff, um, IQ, do you guys vet the investors as well? Is, do, you, do you bring sort of uh, money people in for these company, potential companies to talk to afterwards? I, I believe you had mentioned that something about they're coming from like New York and Boston and, and California, but nothing about nothing in Connecticut, right? No, no, they they come from Connecticut. They do. So, so what you're what you're asking about, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, is the last session of the summer incubator, right? Which we call uh, IQ Yukon IQ Investor Presentation Day, and what we do is invite the investor community uh, to Yukon, um, and uh, and the student teams that have been working all summer on their businesses pitch to the um, to the investors. Now, what kind of investors are they? Well, they're investors from uh, 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 different organizations that uh, might be venture capital related. There are, there are angel investors, private investors. There are those <clears throat> that are related to, um, to uh, uh, organizations in the state that give grants to startup companies. So the grants are, are, are non-dilutive. They don't necessarily reduce the ownership so of the So CINCT next? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's only one, right? But, but, but well, there, there, there's more than that, but, you know, the, the, you have to look for them. They're, yeah. they're hidden amongst the, amongst the uh, flowers. Um, and, and CI, Connecticut Innovations, that's what we're talking about. Connecticut Innovations also invests in, yep. in companies. So there is a process that we follow where the type of investment or the type of money that a particular company needs is directly related to their development cycle. So if they're in the very early stages of concept development, or maybe the early stages of alpha prototype development, there's certain kind of money that works better than later stage money. So they would be, they would be after grants, uh, contest winnings, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, there, there are numerous contests throughout the state that uh, the student teams will, the student teams will participate in, um, and, and they'll win money for that, so they'll invest that money. Um, they'll borrow money from, uh, uh, you know, debt financing, they'll borrow money from friends and family, mm -hmm. that oftentimes is convertible debt. Um, and all of that comes way before any angel investing because by the time they're getting to the angel uh, side of the equation, they almost need to have, you know, uh, market tests done in revenue. Because mm -hmm. um, everybody keeps moving downstream, right? It, they try to move to a place where there's less and less risk. You know, 25 years ago, venture capitalists used to invest early in early stage, seed mm -hmm. stage companies. Well, they decided that that's not a good idea because more often than not, they get burned. So they decided to move downstream to companies that are actually selling product to customers. Yeah, actually have customers. Yeah, and, and then they take, they take that money and, and leverage the company to mm -hmm. larger, uh, larger proportions. So um, by the time anybody's listening to this podcast, they've heard from... Hopefully by now they're not sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> 
So by the time everybody's listening to this podcast, if you're still there, um, they've, you've, they've, they've heard the IQ podcast. I mean, they've heard a podcast from, from each of the companies that participated in the 2017 Investor Presentation Day. Uh, one of the things that surprised us this year uh, as mentors, and I think you uh, as the uh, uh, pers person who runs the organization, is, was the number of freshmen that oh made boy. it all the it's way like through. high school students. I mean, there's like... Yeah, <laughs> there's like <laughs> there, actually, there actually was a high school There was school a high school kid. Yeah. Yeah. Me feel he was, he was trying confident. to tell me that he's in high school. I was like, no, you're not. Like, no. I think <laughs> you in this program. He was definitely... Uh, he, was, he was a rising freshman, yep. uh, which means he, he had... Before the program ended, uh, he had not graduated. And if you talked to him as you did, you could not believe that, that he was. And there were freshmen who were ultimately rising sophomores, meaning that next year they'd be a sophomore, who in part came to UConn because of the opportunity that they, they had in IQ. Uh, one of them told me that their high school advisor, you know, they had an idea for a business, and their high school advisor said, well, if you want to develop that idea, you need to go to UConn because of this particular program. Nice. And that, that is yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. You know how that high school advisor learned about us. I cannot tell you. Interesting. Um, Must have listened to the podcast. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm hoping that that was more like it than uh, she making up a great story and making me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, right? Yeah. Either way. So actually, kind of on that note, is that um, so? I'm gonna be quite frank. I went to CCSU. Okay. So I was part of the CSU. My, my daughter did. Oh, too, did, by the way. did very nice. So, 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 yeah. So did Chris, right? So one of the things that sometimes UConn, maybe you get this, is that UConn's kind of out in their own thing. They they do their own thing. They don't necessarily play well with other uh, schools and stuff like that. And one of the things that I would be interested in hearing is that have you brought the lessons of IQ to say the business school at CCSU or Southern or, or Western? Because I know I went through programs at, there, but again, and the, again, going through a few programs. I wish they were harder, right? I mm -hmm. wish the mentors actually held people more accountable because I know being in some of those programs, there were, you know, they say go do customer discovery. You come back with talking to 100 people and then five or five other companies there only talk to 10. And you're like, you know, like, and there's obviously that. And, that, and they ask the wrong question. Well, <laughs> yes. The, well, that, that too. So it's one of those things where, uh, and this kind of will go into where IQ fits into like the Connecticut startup ecosystem and, and so forth is that, are lessons being shared with other schools, especially in the state, about how you can create a, a value pro program like IQ? So should they be yes? Are they not yet? And part of the reason for that is because every school has its own culture and every school has its own set of programs. Mm -hmm. And IQ is one of a series of programs that try to navigate the chasm that exists between having an idea and having a successful startup. Mm -hmm. I always say, and Dave, Dave laughs every time I say it, but it goes back to uh, uh, the lyrics oh, in no. a song <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, by, uh, by a group known as the Little River Band. Uh, prior to that, they were called Player. But uh, the, the lyrics go something like this. There are many paths up the mountain. No one knows all the ways. There are many paths up the mountain, but the view from the top is still the same. So IQ is not the only path up the mountain. Mm -hmm. um, and it would be presumptuous of us to, uh, to tell the world that we have the only path up the mountain. Mm -hmm. there, are, there are numerous paths. What, what I can tell you is that IQ is not a business plan competition. Uh, UConn does have business plan competitions, as do many schools. 
what we've learned over time is that there are a lot of teams that enter business plan competitions and their business is winning a business plan competition. It's not necessarily getting their idea to market. So we have a different formula. Now that said, the concept of bringing IQ to any school in the country, I can help make that happen. And it's a, it's a long-term goal of, of Carson Chen and Keith Fox and the other founders out at Cal Poly to get more schools involved in this process. And all of us uh, would be very happy to help any school that's interested in putting an innovation quest. Did we ever define IQ as innovation quest? I don't remember if we did. <coughs> I like to think I said it at the beginning. Okay, I'm, I'm glad you did. <laughs> did Dave um, just take credit for that? <laughs> <laughs> Rewind the tape and see. Um, what, what we would be totally happy to do is help any school or college that's interested in putting together a program such as this uh, to do it. First of all, my oh no was because I was afraid he was going to use the Chumbawamba lyrics. Oh, I do that <laughs> too. Which you want to say? famous for. Do you, do you want to say it? Go ahead. The, I, I get knocked down. But I get up again. No, nobody's going to keep, keep me down. down. Yeah. I yeah, I down. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. The story of that band is actually phenomenal. Everybody know that one? No. They. Oh, come on! You got to go look at it. They they like were punk rockers, and they uh, basically they. Um, well, the song's mostly about drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they. Uh, what is it? Um, they. Uh, Squatted in like houses. That's what yes, they did. They, they did. squatted in houses, and they basically their song "Chumbawamba" became this huge hit. They became and like it was the exact opposite of what they wanted to do with the song. Like they were like <laughs> anarchists. They didn't want to become wealthy and all that kind of stuff. And turned out that's what happens. When in, you make uh, a great song. in my classes at UConn, uh, I teach uh, a number of different courses, but one of them is uh, in uh, opportunity generation, assessment, and promotion. So the, you start with. Where do, you get a, where do you get opportunities? Where, how do you find opportunities? How do you solve those opportunities? How do you evaluate the opportunities and so on? And uh, one of the uh, frequent uh, YouTube videos that I put up is the Chumbawamba video. <laughs> <laughs> Especially right before um, or after exams or tests or projects. Nice. So, so six years old, right? The the program six, six years old at UConn. Yeah, well, at yeah. UConn. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got we got the Cal That's, Poly. That is, that is true. So, how long has Cal Poly been around? It's it's approaching fifteen years. 15 if it years? isn't fifteen, it's like fourteen. Okay, it's about to get its driver's license. Yeah, it's about yeah. to get its driver's <laughs> license. That's right. And and the program there has evolved as well. Um, and, and and our ability to be as successful as we've been is is related to their willingness to to be un, unselfish and share share their processes with us. Which again, it's all about again learning from the mistakes, right? Learning exactly. from your mistakes and so forth. So. Starting six years ago to where we are now, how has the landscape in Connecticut around startups and innovation and, and you know, again, we're not a, from a lot of people, not busy, business friendly. So how has how has the, the program adapted to the, the changing times? I mean, we all like to say that Connecticut's kind of on a rise. We have a lot of more startups in here. We have a lot more people kind of pushing for innovative stuff. Um, people also call us crazy. Yes, that <laughs> is true. But so how, how, do, how does your your kind of outlook on Connecticut have changed over the past six years? Well, my outlook on Connecticut has been the same since I've been here. I, I came to Connecticut, uh, actually uh, was moved down to Stanford. I was working for Corning up in Corning, New York, and I moved down to Stanford. I was recruited by Xerox, and I thought I died and went to heaven, <laughs> uh, not just working for Xerox, but living in Connecticut. I think that just like an entrepreneur, 
you can look at Connecticut and find all the reasons why you, the state isn't doing this or the state isn't doing that and why you can't do this and can't do that. And entrepreneurs really don't look at all the things that they can't do. They just decide on what they want to do and they make it happen. So my view of, of the entrepreneurial climate in Connecticut uh, is probably biased because I hang around with doers rather than talkers. Mm -hmm. And it's really fun to be around, talk, uh, around doers. Talking is easy. Uh, you're not called to task when you talk a lot. You just talk and everybody knows that person's a talker. The difference between talking and doing is significant and dramatic and requires much more dedication. So when you surround yourself with doers, there's nothing that can't be done. And interestingly, there's a self-selection process of the student teams that participate in programs such as Innovation Quest where they're doers. They, they, they just, I, could, I can make that happen. And no matter what they hear from anybody else, they still come back going, I, I can make that happen. If it isn't this way, it's that way. And I can, I can take two things and make them add up to six. It could be a five and a one. It could be a four and a two. It could be a three and a three or any other combination of things that add up to six. There's a way up the mountain. I'm going to find it because I have my eye on the peak. Let me add to that. There, uh, Rich was very nice enough to, uh, I, there's an IQ awards dinner every year. Um, Rich asked me to say something on behalf of the mentors. And Rich had spoken a little bit, uh, a lot about, you know, what the mentors give to the program. And Did you say I talked too long? No, no, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> That's I what I heard. Say, <laughs> uh, he, write that down. he spoke a lot about, no, um, he spoke a lot about what the mentors give to the program. And, and what I really was trying to impart in, in my statements was that what the mentors get from the program. And, and what I get from that program every year is inspiration. Um, it's not just because I want to give back. It makes my day more incredible. It makes my, my job more interesting. It, you know, it, 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 I get to see these very talented and exciting young people who are, who are going to go out and do something, come hell or high water. And uh, what, what a great energetic environment to be around. Um, and and I, I, I sometimes think of life as, you know, potential energy or, or stored energy and kinetic energy, right? And, and these students are all pure kinetic energy. They're taking all, their, all the potential and they're transferring it into motion and action. Um, and uh, I, I, when you talk about doers versus talkers, I just, it, it really is uh, exciting to see. And, and it does make you feel better. And it's something you say, Rich, to the investors at the end of each year. You say, you know, if anybody ever tells you that the current generation isn't, isn't, isn't going to be our future, well, they're wrong. Yeah, I, I tell <laughs> them that all the, wrong, all the time. The talking heads are not right. You know, the, if you listen to the talking heads, they give you the feeling that the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Can I say that on yeah, yes, podcast? Yes. Yeah. Hell yes. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're, they're going, the, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. And, you know, if, if you listen to them long enough, there, there's a, a natural tendency to get beat with this idea over and over again. And, and you say, well, maybe it is. And you start looking through a lens of hell in a handbasket. And if you surround yourself with doers and you surround yourself with these young, bright, energetic uh, I don't take no for an answer, kid. You know, wh wh 
my age, you know, you look at them all. I look at you guys as kids, right? But, but the point is, is that you will firmly come to the conclusion that we are in good hands. I mean, you talked earlier about, you know, a rising freshman. He's a senior <laughs> yeah. in yeah. high school with an idea that would blow your mind, right? Yeah. With, with a team of, of, of college students. And like, not like a small idea, like not a, a large idea. idea. Yeah, <laughs> and one that's very doable. Uh, one, by the way, and, and I won't go into the details of the idea, but one, by the way, that generated interest from investors who contacted me afterwards wanting to be put in contact with the team. You know, and when you see that, you know, you, you have a big smile on your face. You see, oh, this is good. And, and I like the future. I like the way it looks. And, you know, some point down the road, uh, probably much further than some people would like, I intend to... Uh, you know, to end my career, to retire, and I will have a smile on my face knowing that our future is in great hands. That, that's very refreshing. We're, we're so used to the whole damn kids attitude. <laughs> well, Chris, she didn't mean you. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you are part of that group. <laughs> I just sit in front of my computer all day. It's yeah. cool. Well, so you, you guys have your own business, right? You, yeah. you had the intention of starting this business before you went to college. You went to college, and you kept that intent throughout your, you know, your four years at school, and here you are. So, so actually, kind of going on to the, the idea of um, the self-selection, right? So, so the students self-selected themselves by the fact that they did it. They are a doers or want to be a doer kind of a thing. So yeah, they kind of know what well, they're getting into when they right. sign up. Yeah, well, well you, at least they think they do, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> if um, they don't, they find out really quickly. Yep. So I guess the question is that, again, for, for the naysayers around Connecticut that say we're not, we're not, uh, you know, not innovative enough and you got all these big companies leaving and so forth, is the actual key for, like, for at least the younger entrepreneur is to set up programs or, or initiatives that they can self-select, then get into, and then have the support around them? Because I think that that's, again, from, you know, the accelerator that I went through, uh, Reset, you know, I knew it, I saw it, I was like, you know, I want to get into my job, so might as well get into there. And I already knew that re regardless of that program, there was going to be something on the other side. So, again, is it is it one of those things where, again, I, I, would, I would assume the mentors, like, uh, again, IQ mentors have been known for a while. At least I've always heard them to be very, you know, good mentors. Um, so, so, again, a, a little bit of a rambling question, but it's, it's one of those things where, is it more of we need to get it in front of the people that will self-select or they would self-select anyway, so it doesn't matter? You know, I, I, I wish, you know, I, I always say to students that let evidence drive your decision-making. And I'm not really sure if it matters mm -hmm. uh, one way or the other. The, you know, the, 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 the student body at UConn at, at some point get, get really crazy over my emails, right? I, I send emails after emails that, of notification, mm -hmm. right? If I could text them all, I would because students of their age do not read emails. So, But I, I can't text them, so I do the next best thing. I send an email. And that generated, um, you know, 81 teams of students this year. Think about that. 81 teams. That's teams. So an mm -hmm. average team is three to four people from 61 different disciplines um, who have ideas that they think can be turned into something. Now, understand, please, that the idea isn't necessarily something that they want to drive to make money. Sometimes they have an idea to solve a social problem. 
And IQ reacts to that just as positively as we would to, you know, the next Google. We haven't seen our next Google yet. We're still working on our, uh, our first Gatorade. <laughs> but, but we have a number of companies that are in their third and fourth year that have the potential to be, you know, $100, $200 million companies just like that. Now, does that happen overnight? No, of course it doesn't. But Google didn't happen overnight, right? Facebook didn't happen overnight. Um, and it's still evolving. So th these things happen over time. I'm not sure if I answered your question, but self-selection is directly related to people who say, I think I know what I'm in for if I get involved in that activity, and I'm willing to do what it takes. In the first session that we have at the very, very, very beginning, when no one knows anyone and, you know, they, they just see me the first time, I tell them um, to take out their phone and I want them to create a uh, backsplash for their face page on the phone. And I want them to write the words. I, I usually tell them if you don't have a handkerchief, right, do it on your <laughs> handkerchief, but most don't carry handkerchiefs. And I, I want you to write this down. Am I willing to do what it takes? Because that's a question not just for this program, that's a question for success, period. If, if I'm not willing to do what it takes, then I'm, I am going to suboptimize my success. But if I'm willing to do what it takes, and I mean that in, a, in, the, in, the, in an ethical, positive. You're, you're talking about grit. Yeah. You're talking about grit and not by like, any no. means necessary. Not the end, right. not end so on style, if you right? Get, if you get knocked down you know, with the wind almost out of your entire system, are you willing to just crawl back up and get up and try it again? And if you're not, then this probably isn't for you, right? And if you're not, uh, then you're going to lose competitive advantage no matter what you do in life. So if you work for a big company, if you're teaching at a school, um, if you're a musician, uh, you know, for that matter, if you're trying to get into a great college, are you willing to do what it takes? Are you willing to write a great essay? Not a good essay, a great essay. Are you willing to differentiate yourself in ways that people pay attention to? You know, can you solve problems that other people can't? Will you become a go-to person? Your boss is looking to get something done, no matter where you are. Are you the go-to person? Are they the one that says, I'm going to give it to Dave because I know Dave's going to get this done, and he's going to get it done without all of my intervention and all that. So are you willing to do what it takes? And I think most of the, the, the students that participate in programs like Innovation Quest are the self-selecting, you know, I'm, going, I'm, I'm willing to do what it takes. And, and, and that's, you know, inc the incidence of dropout of what we put the teams through in the incubator. We should have 70 or 80% dropout. I mean, you know, I mean, that's how hard we push them. And we don't. So that means that those that are there are willing to do what it takes. So, Rich, I really want to... Is that evidence? I guess that's evidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's definitely, definitely <laughs> evidence. I really want to thank you very much for taking the time to come out on the podcast. And, um, I, you know, normally at the end of the podcast, we usually ask, you know, if we have companies on, we say, what are you looking for? How can we help get your message out? Uh, I'd like to think that, interesting enough, you brought the spirit of IQ here very unintentionally just by giving, by already offering to help other universities by saying, listen, we can help you start an IQ program. We can, we can share that with you, which is, which is already the better viewpoint. Um, 
But uh, but I do think it's worth noting that we might be able to send out a message for you. You do have uh, you do have an investor presentation day every year. It is on. Uh, I think you already have a date for it for next year. I do, and you're going to ask me to blip from the top of my head, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to guess it's. Uh, so uh, this year was what June 16th. 16th, yeah. So it'll be June 15th, 2018. Oh, right? nice! Wow, that's. Uh, he's, like a, he's like a. So mind. those of you and, that those of confirm, you out there, I've confirmed that. I looked at is my that calendar. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How's that? Not bad. Wow, that's my memory is terrible. That's crazy, guys. Well, like you know, it's either <laughs> it's either one or two days <laughs> backwards, right? And I was yeah. guessing it was one day. So to any investor uh, uh, who might be interested in the startups that are coming out of Yukon and the bright ideas that are coming out of Yukon, uh, we would love to hear from you. So can I give my uh, email address? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. This should also for investors, uh, for potential former Yukon grads who might be interested in yeah. mentoring. Who might be interested in mentoring. Any and other business professors looking to bring this to their schools. Yes, and, and for any... Uh, any family who has a student that is thinking about where they want to study and the, um, the systems that are in place, particularly for those who have ideas uh, that they would like to turn into solutions for market problems, whether those market problems are uh, uh, you know, consumer kind of problems or, uh, or, or social kinds of problems, whatever the need happens to be. If, if you want a place to send, uh, to come or send your, your children to, programs like Innovation Quest can help them uh, achieve the goals that they want. So my email address is, it's tough, are you ready? It's rich.dino, R-I-C-H dot D-I-N-O, at UConn, U-C-O-N-N dot E-D-U. Rich.dino at UConn dot E-D-U. That's it. That's you're gonna get fantastic. tons of emails. You're gonna get tons of emails. Just put a very, <laughs> just put a very nice subject title because otherwise it'll go into my spam box and I won't be able to read it. <laughs> well, Rich, thank you very much for taking the time. Andrea, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. And uh, gentlemen, unless you have anything else, I think we're good to go. Yeah. No. Thank you, Rich. And, and thank, thank you. you for the opportunity, Dave. Appreciate oh, it. It's great to have you on, and we expect to follow up next year too. All right. I'll be here. Great. Thanks, everybody. Okay. Bye, bye. Thank you for listening to CT Startup. More connected startup news, information, and events can be found at ctstartup.com. The weekly episodes of this podcast can be downloaded from iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and ctstartup.com. We would like to thank both Sublime Exposure Online and Mirtha Kaliber for providing resources and space to CT Startup, which make this show possible. See you next week.